Amen. Let's take our Bibles out tonight, turn to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, we're going to keep pause for a little while on our series, The Road to Readiness. Uh, wait until summer settles down a little bit. Want to go through that together. I know oftentimes in the summer we're missing a lot of folks that are out of town. But it is good to see you here tonight. Glad to have so many out on a wet Wednesday. I'll be honest with you, I, uh, I live in a flesh body like you do. And I was, uh, I was prone to complain a little bit. When I looked out the window and I saw the rain begin to fall this afternoon, and a lot of times rain scares people off, you know. Uh, we are so sweet as Baptists. We're like sugar, and if we get out in the water, we're going to melt, right? And I don't want you to melt, but I was afraid we're going to have a low crowd tonight. And, uh, but then I began thinking about it. You know, on one hand, we complain about the heat. Uh, and then God sends us the rain to cool things off, and then we complain about the rain. And we are just hard to please, aren't we? I was talking to Brother Bowles, I think it was Sunday night out there on the football field, and if you recall, Sunday morning on the way out the door, I asked everyone, I said, would you pray that God would send us clouds? Uh, the forecast was, was forecasting about 100, 100 degrees or close to it on Sunday night, and uh, we had all these events going on out there on the field, a lot of people invited to that, and a lot of food that needed to be cooked, and the preacher had to preach, and uh, I was praying that it would be just a little bit cloudy so it wouldn't be so hot, and uh, lo and behold, it got cloudy, didn't it? Uh, it got really cloudy, and uh, somebody asked me, he says, well, you got your clouds, and I says, look, I don't have that kind of prayer life, okay? Uh, I can pray up a little one, maybe, all right, to blot out the sun for about five minutes, but whoever was praying is a prayer warrior, a giant of the faith, and I was like, we've got to find who that person is and tell them to stop before a tornado comes and just sucks us up all out of here, but thank the Lord, he looked after us Sunday night and cooled it off. It was wonderful. Cooled it off a little bit. Uh, and then right here over our church was a beautiful rainbow. Uh, I asked where the Lancaster was preaching for us Sunday night. Uh, they're at the last minute trying to decide what to do. And uh, Brother Bo comes out and he says, okay, do we want to go with the transmitter? And that's what you remember uh, back in the dark ages, that bad time in our church history uh, where we had to have services outside. You get me? You know where I'm coming from? I don't want to say the word. All right, just gives me goosebumps, quenches the spirit right off the bat. And I said, look, give me five minutes to make up my mind. And so it was, it was 5.55 and I'm watching it. It's pouring, lightning's coming down everywhere. People are getting soaked. And I'm like, there's no way we're going inside. Uh, if we all go inside, it's going to stink to high heavens. Everybody's kind of wet and miserable. And, you know, Baptists are usually miserable to begin with. And now we're wet, we're going to be even more miserable. And so uh, we broke out the transmitter, and I go to Brother Lancaster. I said, Brother Lancaster, I need to ask you a favor. He says, what? I said, can you preach out of your truck? And, you know, somebody's been around his ministry as long as he has. Uh, he said, absolutely, not a problem to me. He's been a Marine in the military. He didn't mind at all. And, and so he preached right out of his truck. We sat in our cars, and he preached, came over our radio. And as soon as he finished preaching, the rain was gone. And we had a great time of fellowship, had a lot of visitors. And uh, I heard from a few people now, this is not me being biased, but a few people that it was the best fireworks show ever. I, I, I tend to agree with them, by the way, Brother Bill and, and Brother Zach, Brother Tyler, they did a great job with that and appreciate that. Just had a great time of fellowship. It was very sweet on Sunday night. I appreciate that, all the work that went into it. I did try to get around to sample all the food, uh, you know, just to make sure we're keeping our game up on our food game, and it was good. Appreciate all the work that went into that. Do appreciate Brother Tyler leading the singing tonight. Brother Zach's on a staycation, just kind of here around the south, uh, trying to get a little bit of a breather in before VBS, and I 
I'm thankful Brother Tyler stepping up and leading the singing for us tonight. Psalms 34 is we're going to be at and going to preach uh, really just a very simple thought tonight uh, that the Lord laid on our heart just today. Just today, uh, praying about what the Lord have us to preach and always have things we're working on and then took a little time this afternoon and asked him what he wanted and directed us really to one verse. Uh, we're going to preach on Psalms 34. I want to encourage you, take some time tonight, uh, maybe tomorrow throughout your day, read Psalms 34. There's a lot of wonderful, encouraging verses in there. And tonight we're going to look at one down to verse number 17. If you're there, let's stand together. Psalms 34, look down to verse 17. Brother A.J. mentioned we have some uh, missionaries visiting with us tonight. Brother Miss Meyer, I believe it is, from Eastern Europe. Thank the Lord for them. Get by and visit them. Let them know you're glad they're with us tonight. Psalms 34, if you would, look down to verse 17. Verse number 17. I'll read it through twice before we pray. Uh, the Bible says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their trouble. Let me read that again. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you tonight for the word that you give us just today. And Father, I'm thankful for how you stir our hearts, Lord, with things that we've preached on before, things we haven't, Lord, really focused in on out of certain scriptures. And I'm thankful tonight that this is just one of those cases, how this was a blessing to me. Father, I pray that you'd help me to say what you'd have me to say tonight. Lord, I, I know this is the burden that you've given us, but Lord, I need your help and the power of your spirit to say what you'd have said, the way you'd have said, that Lord, it would accomplish what you desire tonight in the hearts and lives of our church. I pray that Lord, our hearts would be open even now to receive and respond to your word. And I pray that we leave here, Father, encouraged by the message you've sent, for it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, this past week, uh, I was down at teen camp with our young people, and uh, I know I've said it a lot, and uh, I'll probably say it a lot more, and uh, I never get, it never gets old when you watch God work. That's probably one of the greatest, most fulfilling things in my life is to be either used of God or to watch God work in people's lives. Uh, I never cease to be amazed when you can tell that the Holy Spirit of God has reached down into someone's heart and began stirring them and working in their heart and their life. And as a pastor, uh, there's really nothing, uh, nothing more fulfilling than to watch that happen. And I saw that happen a lot at camp this past week. I just haven't got over it. To be honest with you, I hope I don't get over it. Young people, I hope you don't get over it either, uh, what God is doing in your life. And I want to encourage you to keep letting God do that in your life. And uh, I think it was on Tuesday. Uh, the Lord put something on my heart I've never done before. And uh, the Lord uh, kind of burdened my heart to talk to the young people and then let them talk back to us. So I told the young people, I said, hey, the Lord laid this on my heart and uh, I don't know if it's something you might be interested in, but on the piano over at the camp, I'm going to put some strips of paper. And I'm going to leave those strips of paper there. And if there is something on your heart, a burden on your heart or a question you have about uh, something in your heart that you'd like to ask, I'd like you to take that, uh, that little strip of paper, I'd like you to write your question out on there. And uh, I said, I don't want you to put your name on it, all right? I'd like to know anonymously the questions that you ask. And uh, I am human just like the next person. And maybe if I knew who it was, maybe I would think about where they were going. And I didn't want to know anything about who it was. I just want to know what was in the hearts of our young people. And I'll tell you, to be honest, there was a small part of me that, uh, that thought I was going to get some questions to where they were kind of poking, you know, uh, to where maybe our young people could air out some grievances in questions that they asked. Do we all know that we're capable of that, right? 
going to ask a question and make a statement at the same time, right? Why can't we do this and why can't we do that and why do we have this dumb rule, you know? And I didn't know what it was going to be like, but uh, all of a sudden I began to notice the box that we had for the questions begin filling up. I didn't, I didn't watch when young people would put them in there. I didn't want to know. I just wanted to answer them uh, just with a pure and clean heart about the questions that they had. And so uh, one night, Les and I gathered all the questions together. It was about midnight. Went back to a speaker's cabin where we were at and uh, began reading the questions. And I'm not going to read them for you here tonight. Don't feel led to do that. And, uh, but I have to tell you, as we read those questions, it, it was hard not to tear up. And it was hard not to see that. Our young people, even though they're young people, and sometimes we think they're clueless, maybe sometimes they are, but it was amazing to read the questions and realize that our young people uh, have real burdens just like we as grown-ups do, and real struggles and battles. I, I, I wish you could read them. They're in my briefcase. I carry them with me now in my briefcase to remind me that our young people have struggles and burdens just like you and I do. And sometimes we think that because we're adults that, you know, our problems are bigger uh, than their problems. But can I be honest to you, if somebody has a problem and if it's a problem to them or a burden to them, it is a burden just as real to them as your burden is to you. The problems they have are just as real to them. And you're, you're thinking, what are their problems? Well, I, I learned at youth conference with our young people that our kids today don't like creasing their tennis shoes, Right? Uh, they don't want the, the crease of their shoe to have a wrinkle in it. They want it to be nice and clean and straight and no wrinkles in it. And I hate to tell you guys, mine are wrinkled up just about all that they can get. It's from all the praying that I do, right? That's why my shoes are so wrinkled up there like that. There's things that bother them and burden them that are very real to them. And I began thinking about that when we went back to our cabin that night about how our young people are carrying around burdens just like we're carrying around burdens. As we begin reading those cards, I'm not going to preach to young people tonight. As we begin reading those cards and going through there, I honestly thought I would stand up behind the pulpit and read, read the question and answer it off the top of my head. I begin to realize I've got to give them something more. I can't just say, all right, look, this is what the Bible says. You all take this. You all do it and just move on. Uh, we had to take some time and pray about that. And we were up till 3 o'clock the next morning answering the first 13 questions that our young people had. And I remember walking over and answering that first round of questions and looking into the, the box that we put out for them. And the box had already begun to fill up again. And I looked out at our young people and my, my heart was burdened because they are burdened. And knowing that there's nothing that I can tell them that's going to take all of the burdens away. As I looked upon our, our young people, and I, I love them. Boy, I love these kids, and I love what God's doing with our young people. Uh, I wish that I could take all of the burdens away. I wish that they could live a life free of burdens and live a life where they don't know the wickedness of this world and don't know the pressures of sin and the pull of the powers of darkness. I wish I could do that for them, but unfortunately, burdens are a constant companion in this life, aren't they? Mom and dad, they're a constant companion for us. Grandma and grandpa, they've been a constant companion for you. And I begin to realize I cannot take the burdens away from them. The Bible says, Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, for every man shall bear his own burden. That means our entire life there are burdens that we are going to have to bear. The apostle Paul bore in his body the marks of the burdens that he had in carrying the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as much as I wanted to take all of their burdens away. Boy, I want you to know something. I assure you, their burdens outclass some of ours tonight. My wife and I just, we just wept a little bit 
realizing that some of these, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, uh, maybe my biggest burden was, you know, making sure my clothes matched, right? And sometimes that's still a big burden for me. Thank God for a wonderful wife that helps me out with that. But my soul, our young people are bearing burdens. Their moms and dads are bearing burdens. Their grandparents are bearing burdens. All of us are bearing burdens. And so even though we can't take away the burdens, tonight we've got to learn how to bear them, right? We've got to learn how to bear them. Uh, my wife and I were talking at Sonic today, I think it was, about how sometimes it seems that you're fighting burdens and you have burdens and your heart is just crushed and your heart is broken. And as soon as you eliminate that burden and take care of that burden and, uh, and get rid of that burden, it's kind of like a hydra. You remember the, the hydra in mythology? You might remember the hydra? You chop that one's head off and what happened? All of a sudden, three or four popped up. You ever feel that way? As soon as you get one of your, your burdens carried and you get that burden offloaded, you turn around and there's three or four waiting on you. And I hate to tell you that, but that's going to be the life, especially of a child of God, living in a cursed, sin-fallen world. We are going to have to learn to bear our burdens. Now, there at camp, I realized this is where the burden that I walked away with, my heart was burdened about burdens. <laughs> My heart was burdened about burdens that just as our young people are facing things that are big to them, I know a lot of you are facing things that are big to you. And if you're not, just hang around long enough. You're going to be bearing a burden that's very big to you. And even though we can't make them all go away, I think tonight the Word of God in verse number 17 will help us to bear them better. And tonight that's what I'm going to preach on just for a few minutes. I really just want to share a thought with you. I'm not going to preach at you. I want to preach on the thought of bearing burdens better. When I walked out of that room with our young people, I realized that, yes, I bear burdens, but oftentimes the Word of God has an answer for me on how I may not offload it to where I'm never bearing a burden again. The Word of God contains wonderful truths of how I can bear that burden better. I, I, I'll admit to you tonight, I don't mind admitting my faults before you, uh, there have been times I have not borne my burdens very well. There have been times I have carried a burden and I've griped and complained and I've had an attitude and I've been unkind about it. I have not had the witness in bearing the burden that God allowed me to carry that he would desire that I have. But thanks be to God we have his word tonight that will help us to learn how to bear burdens better. Now I want you to think about this before I give you the first of three things. If you don't learn to bear them better, you will learn to bear them bitter. If you don't learn how to bear burdens better, you will learn to bear them bitter. I mean, if you don't learn how to carry it and how God would have you to carry it, and look, every man must bear his own burden. The Word of God's clear on that. I know we cast our cares upon him, but there are burdens that God calls us to bear. And I believe we can bear them better tonight and not bear them bitter. And what a testimony that is if we'll just go to the Word of God. So tonight, let's look at this thought. It's very, very simple. Just today, the Lord put this on my heart, and I want to share this with you tonight before we go home. Look down to verse 17. The Bible says the righteous cry. You know, burdens make you cry sometimes, don't they? The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their trouble. Now, I believe verse 17 is a roadmap of how to bear our burdens better. But here's what we're going to have to do. We need to start at the end of verse 17. So 
But look closely, if you will, toward the end. We're going to start with the outcome and help decipher the operation, okay? Uh, we're going to reverse engineer this tonight. I believe verse 17 shows us the outcome that we're looking for to where the Bible says in verse 17, the Bible says the Lord delivereth them out of all their trouble. Now, notice that God is showing us what needs to happen to our burdens, okay? The Bible says in verse 17 that the Lord desires to do what? Delivereth them out of all their trouble. Now, this may seem obvious tonight, but you need to know what you're praying for when you're burdened, okay? It's important that when we go to God with a burden that uh, we know who we're talking to and we know what we're praying for. So tonight, I want you to notice the end of verse 17 is point number one, and that's we've got to learn to trust in God's deliverance. Trust in God's deliverance. Now, I know what some of you are probably thinking tonight. Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, I could have figured that out without ever opening my Bible. That every time I have a burden and I'm struggling with something, uh, duh, I want to be delivered from that. Now, aren't you thankful tonight that we serve a God that can deliver? We read all throughout Scripture, the God that we serve is a delivering God. As a matter of fact, one of the names of God, Jehovah, Mephalti, means the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. One of the very names of God is the fact that he is a deliverer. Now, I'm thankful for that tonight. I'm thankful that in the case of Lot, that God delivered him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Aren't you glad we got a God that can do that? I'm thankful when you read the word of God that the children of Israel, he delivered them out of Egypt. That's the kind of God we serve. That'll excite you a little bit tonight. That even though we're bearing burdens, and even though you young people, you're bearing burdens, you need to understand that the God that you serve, if it's the same God that I'm serving, is a God that can deliver. There was a magazine uh, uh, article in The Hill uh, back in 2022, it was uh, right after Christmas, talking about all the gifts that have been delivered for Christmas, and it says that Walmart and Amazon are now using drones to deliver uh, people's purchases. Now, i got to tell you something funny. As I read that article, I noticed that all of the states where Walmart and Amazon are delivering are states out west. California, Texas, Arizona, and I'm thinking to myself, why are they only delivering by drone out west? And then all of a sudden, the old steel trap began to figure it out. The light bulb began to flicker. They know better than to fly drones here in the south carrying packages because some redneck would have done shot it down. They just know. They know better than that. I mean, look, I know some of you folks, and there's a little bit of redneck in here too. You know, you see this drone flying over, and it's carrying a package, and you think to yourself, uh, they're going to bomb somebody, and you pull out the old shotgun, and you shoot it down, okay? And so that's why they don't do it here, and they probably never will do it here, because we'll shoot them things down. But I thought it interesting. I thought it interesting that there are multiple avenues that Walmart and Amazon use to deliver. Now stick with me, all right? I love this. When we read that word in verse 17, the Lord delivereth them out of them, their troubles, do you know what we think of? <clears throat> Lord, I'm bearing a burden. God, I am struggling with this. God, I am weighted down with this. I am brokenhearted with this. Lord, I want you to deliver me out of this. What are we asking God to do? Like the children of Israel, as in the case of Noah, 
as in the case of Lot. Lord, deliver me. Get me out of the situation I'm in. Can we all agree with that? There are times in our life we're bearing a burden. We want God to get us out of this. God, I don't like the way that I'm feeling. God, I don't like the burden that I'm bearing. Get me out. We want to do what? God, deliver me out of this. Oh, but can I tell you, I think we have a fundamental misunderstanding of how God delivers. God, watch this. Walmart and Amazon learn something from God. You say, how does that? Well, God delivers in different ways too. Stick with me, all right? You're going to get this tonight, I promise. Sometimes God delivers by taking us out of a situation. But sometimes God delivers by getting in the situation with us. Stick with me. How often do we want God? God, get me out of here. God, I want you to deliver me out of this burden and out of this trial that I'm going through. But can I tell you, sometimes God brings deliverance not by taking you out, but by him getting in. That's how God delivers. So how do you know that? Well, i got to give you scripture because you look skeptical tonight, okay? Don't look so skeptical. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we know David and Goliath very well. But what did David tell Saul? When Saul says, David, you're not capable to do this, he's saying, you can't bear this burden. David says, hey, there was a lion one time that came up to my dad's flock and took one of the sheep out. And then there was a bear who took one of the sheep out. And watch what David said. The Lord that delivered me out of the hand of the lion and the hand of the bear will deliver me from this giant as well. Now watch close, watch close. God did not take David away from the lion and away from the bear and away from the giant. No, God joined him right there with the lion, right there with the bear, and right there with the giant. Tonight, as a child of God, can I tell you, listen to me young people, how you can bear burdens better by trusting in God's deliverance. God doesn't always deliver by removing you out of the situation. He might just join you right in your situation. Just ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Lord, deliver me out of this. Lord, what a burden. I mean, can you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looking at the fiery furnace and watching those guys. All of a sudden, when they got thrown in, those guys were dead. All of a sudden, they're in the furnace. And lo and behold, who did they look up and was there in the furnace with them? It was the very Son of God. You see, he delivered them, not by taking them out, but by getting in. That's why you've got to trust God's deliverance. Sometimes God's not going to take you out of it. There have been times, I'm thinking to myself, God, get me out of here. Not necessarily here, okay? But get me out of this situation. You ever been in a situation where you could just disappear? You know, what is that? Was that grab a Snickers? <laughs> there have been some times I needed several Snickers. In a situation where you're bearing a burden, you're thinking, Lord, I'm not going to survive this. He says, oh, yes, I am. I may not deliver you out, but I'm going to be right there in it with you. Old Daniel, right there in the lion's den. He was in the lion's den, right? Right? What did the king say when he came over to the opening of the cave? Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, Daniel 6.20. Is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Oh, yeah, he delivered him. He delivered him inside of it. Now, stick with me tonight, folks. This will encourage you. You ought to trust God that God knows how to deliver. As a matter of fact, what does the word of God say? 2 Peter 2.9. The Bible says, the Lord knoweth how to deliver. 
I love the whole verse. Okay, I want to keep it in context. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But there's a principle inside of that principle. The Lord knoweth how to deliver. I'm thankful tonight that I can trust in God's deliverance. Whether God chooses to take me out of the situation or God chooses to join me in the situation, God knows how to deliver. As I walked away from the room the second day after answering questions with our young people, by the way, uh, I, um, I told them we're going to do this from now on. Every, every teen camp, we're going to make sure we have a, a day for the question and answer. As much as I wish, I could take some of the burdens from them. And I'm talking about humdingers, buddy. We weren't talking about little minuscule stuff. Why can't we listen to that? Why can't we go there? Why can't we smooch with the boys? There wasn't none of that. I'm, by the way, I'm thankful. Okay. Very thankful for that. They were deep water burden. Deep water. Deep water. And I walked away from their burdens that I could not take their burdens away. But oh, what a blessing it was to know that I could help them realize they can trust in God's deliverance. That no matter what burden they're bearing, no matter what burden you're bearing tonight, you can trust in God's deliverance. Sometimes God delivers by getting you out. Sometimes he joins you in. Think about it with David. God delivered him by stepping in and giving him power. God stepped in and provided power. All right, in the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he stepped in and he became a shield. The Lord that we serve is a shield. Oh, my soul tonight, not only is he a deliverer, but he is our shield. What did Paul say? He says, get this thorn out of me. Get this thorn. Separate me from the situation that's causing me pain. I'll be honest with you. That's the only kind of deliverance I like. Can I just be honest with you? Lord, this thorn hurts. Get it out. But do you know that Paul learned that God could be trusted even with the thorn in? And it was in the thorn where he didn't remove him from the difficulty that God stepped in and gave grace. I trust you. I trust you. I am bearing a burden. I am in this place in my life. I don't know what you're going through. I had no clue what was in the hearts of our young people. You think you have an idea, yeah, they're having a tough time, yeah, they're struggling, and then you begin to read these pieces of paper. You realize, oh, my soul, they're carrying grown-up burdens. And I wish I could take them away. I wish they could just be kids. No offense, okay? Kids, no offense. That's a good thing. Be a kid while you can. You have the rest of your life to be an adult, and when you become an adult, you want to be a kid again, right? And some people still act that way, but they're not, Okay? I wish I could just take it from, hey, go be a kid, live happy and carefree. But I can't take the burdens away, but I can help them bear them better. How? Number one, trust God's deliverance. Years ago when I worked for my dad, and most of my life I worked for my dad, if I lived in our house, I worked for dad. <laughs> Amen? I don't think that's a bad thing either. Uh, there's a lot of things today that uh, don't bother me as much as maybe they would if I hadn't learned that dirty little word called work, okay? W-O-R-K. That's a tough word to learn. And never forget my dad telling me so many times, son, you got to learn to work smarter, not harder. You know, I was a prideful teenage guy. I know our guys aren't that way, but I was full of pride. I wanted to show off. I mean, I'd go over there. I'd pick up two 80-pound bags of quick creed, and I'm carrying them. My knees are screaming. My back is screaming. And I'd be uh, curled over in the fetal position in my bed at night. My dad would come up to me. You know we got a wheelbarrow. 
I know, but I don't get to show off my biceps that way. You know, carrying around like that. Putting two bundles of architectural shingles on my shoulders and walking around and look at this. Hey, don't take pride. Don't take pride tonight and, oh, woe is me, I'm carrying this burden. There's a better way. There's a better way. And the better way is to trust God's deliverance tonight. Look at verse 17. And delivereth them out of all their troubles. So number one, how do we bear burdens better? Trust in God's deliverance. All right, so we're going backwards to forward. Let's go to the middle of the verse. The righteous cry, watch this, and the Lord heareth. This is important tonight. The Lord heareth. How do we bear burdens better? Number one, trust in God's deliverance. Whether he pulls you out or joins you in, trust in how God delivers. Why? The Lord knoweth how to deliver, okay? But then notice the Bible says the Lord heareth. This is important. It's important tonight that we not only understand what we're praying for. I'm praying for God's deliverance. Whether it be getting me out or joining me in, I'm praying for God's deliverance. But then notice, notice who we're talking to. Once again, don't tune me out because you think this is just shallow water. I think there's something very, very important here. Number one, trust in God's deliverance. Number two, bring it to God's attention. Bring it to God's attention. You know, although God is never the last to know, he is often the last we tell. God is never the last to know. Sometimes we think that God's forgotten us and God can't hear us. And we're thinking, where is God? You know, Job going through what he was going through. He was trying to figure out what God was doing as he bared his burden. Can I tell you, God already knew what Job was going through. God knew long before Job woke up that morning the calamity and the burden that he would bear by nightfall. But hear me out. Although God is not the last to know, oftentimes he is the, the last one we tell. See, what do you mean by that? We're living in a world of communication where we can talk to people instantly. I, uh, I uh, answered a phone call the other day from Miss Katie McNair in Botswana. I thought to myself, how crazy is that? That I'm sitting in my office and I'm talking to Katie over in Botswana about her trip back home and what her plans are and where she's going. And communication is instantaneous. We can talk to people. We can share things, probably over share things. Okay. I'm just making sure you're right there with me because you are. <laughs> Because I see your Facebook. Could it be tonight that we oftentimes post before we pray? Could it be? Could it be tonight that oftentimes we call others before we call out to God? Could it be tonight that we break down before we bow down? Could that be a possibility? We live in a world where, listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make light or to diminish the burdens you have, but oftentimes we rush to the world to tell the world what's going on and to cry out to the world when the truth is the world really can't help us. The world, can I tell you what we need tonight? When we're bearing a burden, can we tell you how to bear it, bear it better? Number one, trust in God's deliverance. Number two, bring it to God's attention. The Bible says in verse 17, watch what it says, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth. The Lord heareth. Can I tell you, that's who needs to hear about our problems. That's who needs to hear. Uh, years ago, I told you the story about the crack house that we lived in for a little while. And we've been praying for a place to live. We lived in this camper, very nice camper, but a camper is still a camper, right? I don't care how nice it is, it's still a camper. I mean, when you fear when you go to bed at night that you may wake up in another county, it's a camper, okay? Somebody just pull in and haul you off. I mean, some of you are thinking, man, I still wish you lived in a camper. I'd pull up to your house tonight and drag you off to Arizona. 
I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, okay? Preachers are psychic or psychotic. One or the other. I can't remember which one. We lived in that camper and I were praying for a place to live. Miley would sleep on the couch there in the camper. And Leslie and I, I slept. Uh, there's a king-size bed up there in one end of the camper. We'd sleep there. And, you know, it was very nice, but it was still a camper. We prayed for a place. And uh, this double-wide trailer came up and it was, it was rough, man. There was bushes growing up all around it. And uh, as soon as we opened the door, as soon as we opened the door, I looked in, I stopped at the threshold. I said, no, no. The, the linoleum was ripped up. There were body holes in the wall. I mean, there were drug paraphernalia in there. And I'm just, you know, you ever get in a dirty house and you start pulling your arms in and closing your nose? Nobody else does that? Gosh, you're weird. All right? I do that. And then my wife so sweetly asked this question. You think we ought to pray about it? Why, this is not a time to get spiritual. There are matters that God lets us take into our own hands. I couldn't find a verse for it, but I said it authoritatively. And if you say it authoritatively and repeat it enough, people believe it. I'm sitting there looking at this house, and I'm like, no, no. The room that Miley would one day stay in was their dog pen. It was horrible, horrible. And she says, you think we ought to pray about it? You think we ought to pray about it? How often do we rush to make a decision or rush to tell somebody else and we don't bring it to God's attention? Do you know what he's waiting to do? He's waiting to do what verse 17 says. The Lord heareth. The Lord heareth. Young people and, and, and all of us really, but young people, I want to tell you something tonight. The way you'll bear, bear burdens better, number one, trust in God's deliverance. Number two, bring it to God's attention. Before you go post, bring it to God's attention. Before we go and whine, bring it to God's attention. You know, I honestly believe sometimes we're seeking sympathy when we should be seeking solutions. Sometimes I just want somebody to know that I'm hurting, and I want somebody to know that I'm bearing a burden. And, hey, that's okay. We can bear one another's burdens. But, hey, after a while, sympathy will only get you so far. Sympathy doesn't make it better. It just helps you get through it for a little bit longer. But, oh, when the Lord knoweth. What does Jeremiah 33.3 say? I love the verse. Call unto me. Call unto me. Hey, let me know. Let me know. If it's bothering you that bad, let me know. Why? Because the Lord, what? Heareth. You ever thought about that? The very God of heaven. The one who created the world that we sit on. Miley and I were coming back from the house, went and picked her up. Uh, today, and she got out of work clothes, was coming back up here to church, and as we come up at 49 North, we looked up at the sky, I said, isn't it beautiful? Blue sky, clouds swirling everywhere, and notice, knowing we are just a small blue dot in this whole thing we call a universe that God created. And then suddenly you start feeling small, and then I realize I get to talk to him, and he wants to hear from me. When I'm bearing a burden, oh, absolutely, we'll see here in a minute. The Bible says that the righteous cry. There's nothing wrong with crying, uh, and I'll show you why in here in just a minute. But can I tell you, the most important thing we can do is tell it to Jesus. Before we tell it maybe to our neighbor, why don't we just tell it to Jesus? Why? He's the one that delivereth from all their troubles. 
He's the one that can bring deliverance. The song, Tell It to Jesus, was written by Elisha Hoffman, who was a pastor in Pennsylvania. Elisha Hoffman, interesting story, he went over to a lady's house one day and uh, walked into, he had a call that something was wrong, walked over to the house, knocked on the door, and she let him in, and she says, Pastor, what am I to do? Pastor, what am I to do? And she's crying out, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And here's what he told her. You cannot do better than to take it and tell it all to Jesus. You must tell it to Jesus. And on the way home from that pastoral call, he began jotting down the words to the song, tell it to Jesus. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus and tell it to him alone. Oh, tonight, how much I believe that our Father would deliver us out of all of our troubles, but we don't take the time to tell him. We rush to Facebook. Let me tell you how bad things are in my life. We just took it to our Father. Oh, he's waiting to deliver out of all of our troubles. Our problem is we don't go to him. We don't call unto him. I believe one of the greatest truths tonight to bearing burdens better is make sure the Lord heareth. Psalms 40, verse 1, not far from where we're at. Listen to what the Bible says. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and watched this, heard my cry. Could I give you just a little bit of encouragement? I oftentimes want sympathy, and we, you want sympathy. We are humans. We, we want that from people. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Why don't we just take it to God and tell God and wait on him to give us something that delivers us rather than just pacifies us? Say, God, I'm going to bring this to you. Uh, I've had a lot of questions asked to me lately, questions about school, questions about the youth and different things. And uh, can I tell you, there's just a great peace in my heart knowing that he knows. I'll say, okay, God, here's what we're praying for. No band-aids this time. God, you know, and God, I'm going to wait on you. And suddenly the burden gets lighter. Do you know why? Because he delivereth out of all our troubles. Number two, bring it to God's attention. I was talking to Brother John Lapone. I think it was Brother Tyler, Brother Zach the other night. Boy, our teenage guys are a huge blessing to us at camp. They don't know it, uh, but they were a huge blessing to us. We were in there in the kitchen talking. It's Thursday night. It's usually a free-for-all, and our guys just go around the piano, and Brother Tyler and Brother Zach are in there playing, and uh, they, they played and sang till 2.30 in the morning. It was just, I sat there and videoed it. Our guys just around the piano singing for hours. Not all of them were singing really well, okay? But they were singing. And uh, Brother John was asking me about the camp and talking about he could talk to my dad about the camp and how it got there and how God called us. And there's a picture on the wall, the little camper that we lived in. It just seems like campers are part of our family tree, okay? Miley's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to happen. You're going to be a third-generation camper kid. Amen? <laughs> keeps you humble. Keeps you humble, all right? <laughs> and I can tell you stories about that, but I won't. And Brother John said, he says, well, your dad was telling me how the camp got here. I said, I'll never forget it. Never forget it. 15, 16-year-old kid, and for over the years, our camp property, where, where the camp is at, people had come down, and there was this garbage dump down there. Uh, construction debris, toilets, bricks, metal, wood, it was just a mess. And so we didn't start on ground zero. We started in the negative. 
we had to dig out ground zero to build the camp that was there, mom and dad did, and there was no money, nobody supporting the camp, it was just them, and they were saving the money in a coffee can to pour the, the slab for the dining hall, and, and then praying that God would send a bulldozer in, true story. We're standing outside one day, I forget what we're cleaning up in the field, right in front of the dining hall, right where we were playing the games, the pipe it in games, right there, we're working. We heard this rumble coming up the dirt road there in a truck. You could tell it was a, a loud truck. And all of a sudden, here comes a yellow Datsun pickup. And you know Datsuns aren't very big. But this Datsun had duels on it. It was the baddest Datsun I'd ever seen. And on the back side of that Datsun was a flatbed trailer and a, a D4 dozer. Now, I wouldn't believe I hadn't saw it either, Okay. If you don't believe me, ask my dad. He's honest, okay? He'll tell you the truth. This guy's pulled up, it pulls it up. And this man by the name of Neville MacPhail looked at my dad and he says, Hey, I hear y'all starting a camp, and I thought you might could use this dozer. You know, that's expensive to rid of those, $50, $60, $70 an hour. I don't know what it was. And he said, I'm just going to drop it off and leave it with you for a week. That's one of those spooky moments where the Lord says, I hear you. I hear you. Dropped it off. Man, my dad pushed the world away in a whole week. Man came back and picked up his dozer a week later, and now there's a camp there. Maybe as a teenager, I would have thought, man, that's, you know, I don't know about praying for a bulldozer. I don't know if God specializes in that. Elijah says he can specialize with bread and flesh from a raven. Moses tell you he can specialize in water from a rock. Why don't you tell him? Why don't you tell him? I think prayer will replace a lot of our medication tonight. I really do. We just start praying a little bit. Maybe some of that anxiety would go away. Now, look, I'm, I'm not knocking medicine, okay? Don't get mad at me. I'm just saying a lot of things we worry about tonight. Here's the question I want to ask you in verse number 17. Does he know it? Does he know it? It's, well, he's God. He knows everything. Can I tell you what the Bible says in James chapter 1? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, does God know that we need wisdom? Absolutely. He wants you to ask. If it's that important, you ought to ask him about it tonight. God, I'm praying for a new carburetor for my car. God, I am praying uh, for some, some uh, silicone to stop the leak in my roof. Why don't you tell God about it? Make it known to him. I mean, it's just God you're talking to. I think the word of God shows us how many times he answered prayers for his people who brought it to his attention. Perhaps tonight, I really do believe this, if we made sure God knoweth a little more, perhaps we would knoweth a little more. <laughs> Have you told him? Have you told him? Have you taken it? Tell it to Jesus. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. The Bible says he heareth and then he delivereth, but I think oftentimes he doesn't hear as often as he needs to. I won't take the time to read all of them tonight, but one thing when I was reading Psalms 34 today that jumped out to me, <clears throat> you ought to go home tonight and write down every time you read the word, the Lord, those two words in Psalms 34. It's amazing. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. You know what I think he's trying to convince us? Bring it to the attention of the Lord. And if he would hear us tonight, I think we'd hear more from him. Second Chronicles 7, 14, we preach about it a lot. Bible says, my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Perhaps tonight, that's the missing piece. We've got to spend more time with him and less time telling everyone else. Now, let me close tonight with the very beginning. We started at the end. What happened? 
very end of verse number 17, notice we trust God's deliverance. Whether he delivers us out or he gets in, we trust God's deliverance. Why? Well, we brought it to God's attention. The Lord heareth. We're going to make sure he hears. Then notice the very beginning, there's something very important we need to see there. There's two words that really give us two requirements for what we need to do. The Bible says the righteous cry. The righteous cry. These are requirements upon our part to help bear burdens better tonight. I want you to notice number three, we've got to come humbly into God's presence. Come humbly into God's presence. If you're ever bearing a burden tonight, and you're not bearing it very well. Maybe it's getting heavy and we can't bear up under the load. And we're asking God, God, I, I need you to do something. God, I need you to hear me. God, this is getting heavy. I don't know how much further I can go with this. God, I need you to do something. And yet it seems like God can't hear us. Perhaps tonight we ought to ask the question, why? If you notice in verse number 17, the Bible says it's the righteous that cry and he hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. I think sometimes we bear burdens that are too heavy for us and we're bearing them because we refuse to be right with God. Uh, you think about Cain tonight, Genesis chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Why is Cain bearing a burden that is greater than he could bear? He's bearing it because he refused to get right. God gave him chance after chance after chance to get right. And what right simply means is righteous. One of the questions I don't mind reading or telling you tonight that young people ask, it's a very simple question, a little note card. It says, what does it mean to be right with God? That was a great question. How often do we as teachers, parents, Sunday school teachers, pastors, preachers, we talk about being right with God, and one of the young people just had enough boldness to ask, what does it mean to be right with God? Well, being right with God simply means with that second word in verse 17, righteous. I'm a right standing and right relationship with God. David would say this in Psalms 38, look across the page, look down to verse 4. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head. As in heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Do you know a way to bear burdens better is to make sure you're right with God. Make sure you're right with God. Because sin is a load none of us can carry. We think we can, right? We're that young teenage Christian who wants to carry the bags of concrete or who wants to carry the shingles up, and we think we can. And after a while, it breaks us down. Why? Because we're incapable. We, as spiritual children of God, we are incapable of carrying the load of sin. That's why tonight, notice, we come before God, but we come before him righteous, meaning being right with God. As a teenager, I had an 86 F-150. I showed some of the teenagers at camp. It's still out there. And it was my truck. I bought it uh, for, for doing shingles, working with my dad, and bought it from my dad. And uh, I remembered that uh, my tires started showing wire, okay? I joked with somebody the other day, and I said, look, when you don't have a whole lot of money, the way you know you need to change your tires is when you're going down the road at night and you see sparks coming from your tires, that's how you know when it's time to change them. It's a really nifty alert system that will tell you that you need to change your tires. Well, I go to price tires, and my land, for, for a teenager, you know, $7,500 back then, back in the 90s, uh, that's expensive for a tire. I said, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. 
On the way home from Columbia, Mississippi, Highway 13, headed north back to the house, all of a sudden, poof, it blows out. I pull over to the side of the road, and it is shredded. We were taking the tire to the tire shop. I had my mom come help me, take it to the tire shop. And the guy asked me, he says, didn't you know this tire was almost wore out? I said, yeah, I just want to see if I could go a little further. <laughs> just want to see if I could make it a little further down the road. I said, now I'm broke down. Here's what the old timer had to tell me, and I didn't enjoy it at the time, but I knew he was right. That's what we call a stupid tax. <laughs> Amazing how your flesh just stirs up and you find things you want to say back to him, but I did not. What you call a stupid tax. I think a lot of us tonight as Christians, and, and, and I don't mean to be harsh with the word stupid, but I think a lot of us are paying that kind of tax spiritually because, watch, we're bearing burdens by refusing to meet the requirement of verse 17 of the righteous. Psalm 66, 18, listen close. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We're crying out to God, God, my burdens are heavy. God, I don't think I can make it much further. God, you got to step in and deliver. But the Bible says, watch this, it doesn't mean he's not listening. It means he will not hear your case, a judicial term. I'm not hearing your case. Why? Because you refuse to be righteous. Look, if you want to bear burdens better, make sure you're right with God. Make sure you're right with God. Why? If not, he's not hearing us. But then I want you to see something real quickly. The Bible says, verse 17, the righteous cry. The righteous cry. Les and I were sitting at Sonic today, and I was telling her, I said, I think the Lord's going to have me preach a brand new message really, really quick because I had not outlined this before today. I said, you think about the righteous and crying, that doesn't make sense to us, does it? It's like if we're righteous, we'd be rejoicing and laughing and having it easy. No, the Bible says the righteous cry. And oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit just getting to work in my heart a little bit. Do you know when you're crying, do you know what it usually means? You've been broken and you're humbled. That's when you're crying. You're broken and you're humbled. You know what the Bible says in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble. You know how we can bear burdens better? Number one, trust in God's deliverance. Number two, we get to the place, make sure you've brought it to God's attention. But finally, come humbly into God's I think a lot of times the burdens we're bearing have to break us before finally we are humbled and ready to go before God and ask for grace. As long as we are carrying our burdens and our pride, I can do this, I can handle this, well then it's going to be heavy. You're not going to bear it well. And after a while that burden's going to get heavy enough and all of a sudden it's going to break you and humble you. That's what burdens do. They bring us down. They bring us low. And then finally what do we do? We cry. God this hurts. God I can't. God I need. And all of a sudden he says here's mercy. Here's grace. Here's strength. I'm going to step in where you're at. And oh, he helps bear the burden. And now we bear the burden better. Why? Because we've been broken and we've been humbled. Tonight, folks, I don't, I don't know where you're at. But boy, when I read verse number 17, thinking about our young people the other day, I realized, oh, I need to learn how to bear burdens better. 
And could it be tonight that you need to learn how to bear burdens better as well? Could it be tonight that you need to realize that you've got to trust God's deliverance, whether he delivers you out or delivers you in, trust God's deliverance. If God does not step in and deliver you out, God, I trust you're going to deliver me in. Number two, what does burdens do? Well, they make us bring it to God's attention. You can bring it to one another, and y'all can pray with one another. Nothing wrong with that. That's great. Pray with one another. Bear ye one another's burdens. That is great. But look, don't let God be your last resort. Make sure he knoweth. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Oh, what a privilege to know tonight that I can bear burdens better when I bring them to God's attention. But oh, there's a requirement there. I've got to come humbly into God's presence. Are you bearing a burden tonight, and it's heavy, and it's hard, and boy, you're just not flinching yet? I promise you, look, let me, let me be the, uh, look into the crystal ball, okay? I see you continuing for a little while, and maybe you're strong personally. It's going to break you. It's going to bring you low. It's going to humble you. When it humbles you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to cry. I think in my own life, oftentimes, tears are pride leaving my body. What's the old Marine statement that sweat is just pain leaving the body? That sounds like something a Marine would say, right? Sometimes tears are pride leaving our body. And God lets that burden bear down. He lets it break us. And oh, when the cracks begin to form in it, that pride begins to leak out in the form of tears. We cry out to God and we say, God, I can't. And all of a sudden, God brings deliverance. And now you're bearing the burden better. Do you know why it's important? Number one, it makes for a whole lot better life for you. God wants us to bear them better. There's a better way. You don't have to carry it. He says, hey, here's the wheelbarrow. God wants to get us to be able to work smarter, not harder. But understand this. It's not just for you. People need to see you as a child of God bearing burdens better. And then they want what you have. And they say, can I ask you a question? I know you're going through a nightmare and a dumpster fire right now. How are you bearing it up so well? What was the two words repeated in chapter 34? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. And then they say this. Who is he? That's what you're waiting for. Be ready always to give an answer of the what that's in you. Folks, tonight, our young people are bearing burdens. Mom and Dad, you're bearing burdens. Grandma and Grandpa, you're bearing burdens. And sometimes we don't bear them as best as we can. It honors and glorifies God even in our burden. But tonight, I believe according to the Word of God, we can bear them better. And tonight, that's what I want for my life and my testimony. I don't know about you. With every head's bowed.